Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. What does it take for a brand to grow out of this region in the same way that we see these huge companies uh, be created in the US and then in a few years time uh, everyone's purchasing their products and they're listing on the stock market and they seem to have global brand awareness. Uh, hopefully this guest today will share a story of one such company that's growing here. It's been a busy week uh, as usual, it's almost the middle of August, we are looking towards the schools coming back and the weather improving or the temperature decreasing a bit. We've had a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind in Dubai, uh, but there is business as usual. Uh, there's startup stories on Smashy Business that you'll see. A company called Talents Arena, an AI recruitment firm, raised $750,000. And also big companies like Lulu Group have announced that they're getting into the cinema space with the launch of 50 cinemas. And of course, Barbie finally launched in UAE yesterday. So it's been a bit of a blockbuster summer for cinema as well. Uh, but for now, do enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. We're joined by Wajdan Gul. He's the CEO at Squat Wolf, a gym wear brand engineered for active life from its fit to stitching to fabric with gym goers in mind. So good morning, Wajdan. Good morning. Thanks Thank for coming very... on. And yeah, and thanks Thank for coming you. on. Thank <laughs> you for inviting me. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, it was great to have you on. Uh, so uh, Squat Wolf uh, came across my attention recently. It's obviously sort of a progressive company that's raised money that's doing well. Can you tell us the story behind it? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Scott Wolf is a premium gymwear brand. Uh, yeah, we started in 2016. It's a typical startup story. So just before Scott Wolf, I used to work for another company. You know, me and my wife, we, you know, we recently got married. Uh, we moved from Pakistan over here, recently got married, started doing our jobs over here in Dubai. And, you know, we'd come back uh, from office at around 5 or 6 p.m., we enjoyed it for a bit, like, you know, for, for three months, six months. And we were like, you know, what are we doing? What do we do next? Because our families, you know, were just not over here. We were just living over here alone, newly married. We were like, okay, there are two choices. What do we do? Should we have kids, uh, you know, just to make the life more interesting? Or should we do something more, more, more interesting? So, yeah, that's where, you know, my wife was always like, you know, this is not who we are, you know. We should be doing more. We're not the people that are made for nine to five. And we were like, okay, what do we do? So we were gym freaks. We would go to gym every day. Uh, and, you know, when you go start going to the gym, what you see is you start following a lot of people uh, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, just to learn how to work out, what to eat and what to do. And then when you follow these people, you would notice that they wouldn't wear your usual big brands, and I would not take the names over here, but they would wear their local homegrown brands uh, that are, you know, making gear for their type of workout. So if it's yoga, there's a brand that's for yoga. If it's CrossFit, there's a brand that's for CrossFit. If you're into bodybuilding, weightlifting, there is a brand for that. If you're into swimming and so on and so forth. But when you, you know, go into the malls over here, uh, you would just find generic brands that are sportswear brands that are making gear for every kind of workout, and they don't necessarily take care of those 
specific nuances that you know your kind of workout would need the gear that your kind of workout would need and we're like okay why isn't there something like this over here and at the same time what we also realized there was a huge gap uh, that there wasn't anything local you know all the brands would come in from outside would sell to the consumer over here without really understanding the consumer over here so we're like okay how do we combine these two gaps right okay there isn't anything that's there for gym bodybuilding weightlifting weight training and then at the same time there isn't anything local so that's where really the idea of scorpulf came from we don't have any background of retail activewear fashion or anything of that sort you know i'm a i'm a guy who comes from a digital marketing background who used to market like you know uh yeah software cloud solutions and stuff and then my wife uh is uh in hr and she used to work for you know mnc's pharmaceutical companies and stuff and i was like okay we don't know anything about it uh so can we really pull it off but you know when we really thought about it we were like yeah we can because we know what we want right and we are, we hope that people will also like it uh because we really understood that there is a there is this gap in the market so we just came up with the idea of scorpulf all right we were going to create scorpulf and the idea of scorpulf really came in from okay you know squat is the most effective exercise that you can do in the gym and then wolf really likes to operate in community in a pack uh and then there is a leader in the pack there are followers in the pack and but they all operate in a pack right and there was this you know pack mentality that was also community mentality that was also missing in sport and gym over here at that time in uh you know in dubai so we're like okay let's start squat wolf uh <laughs> and that's where you know the really the idea came in from we we hired some freelancers uh you know uh from south africa italy to really design our first collection which gave them the vision the ideas the sketches on the on the tissue papers on the papers and then we're like okay this is what we want to create can you come up with something yeah they really believed in the in the vision and something that we were creating for this market they created first for, you know first set of collection for us we're like how do we now manufacture it right who do we go to uh there wasn't anyone over here in the middle east that could actually manufacture activewear so we yeah we reached out to few manufacturers in asia a lot of them just laughed on us and then just rejected the ideas like how can you invest in this you know why did they laugh at you it's because you know they used to working with the big name brands right and they would go with going like i want to make 1 million t-shirts i want to make 1 million shorts i want to make 1 million you know sports bras and leggings and we went and like okay you know what this is our saving we can only make 500 of this right now and they were like yeah we don't do this because it will it will we won't make anything out of it and we'll waste time uh, rather than you know creating anything so what did you do there were few that really believed in the vision uh, apparently i've been told that i'm good at selling the dream so i sold the dream to them <laughs> and i told <laughs> what them dream like, did, what do you uh, dream did you the sell the dream was that we are on the path to create the best gymwear brand in the world that originates from this region from dubai you've all worn the brands that originate from europe from north america but now is the time that this region will come in and you have to believe in this region because at that time i saw when i was going to the gym how the gyms were opening up in every corner how fitness was becoming a big thing how sheikh hamdan himself was really promoting the idea of you know fitness and really get this region you know out there in the in 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 get them fit and i told them about this that this is what is happening there's a cultural change that's happening in this region so you really need to believe in us and we'll be leading that change so if you come and partner with us we'll all be the next the nike's and the next adidas of the world but started from here in this region from dubai yeah some of them really believed in the idea came on board and was like okay we're going to experiment so of course at that time we had to pay a lot more than your usual you know brands to to create and we were like okay are we going to create just another brand 
it's another brand that creates more t-shirts more shorts more leggings more sports bras so i was going to create something different so we thought no you know dubai it's it's the market which appreciates luxury which appreciates premium which appreciates details which appreciates attention to details so we're going to create a premium gymwear brand that's just up there in terms of pricing but also then it comes with additional features details uh you know and and just attention to detail and the gear as well yeah so they believed in us um we it was february at that time when we started you know really the the idea of the brand it was june may june that we launched the brand in 2016 and we were really nervous i still remember the time because we just put in all our savings uh, all the money that i cashed out from my earlier businesses and put it into scottful did you we quit were, your jobs yeah yeah no so at that time we were what we would do is we would come back uh, at 5 or 6 and we would work till 3 am in the night so and we had a two bedroom apartment one of it was a warehouse and an office space um one of them you know was just a store where we would just put all the you know orders and just pack all the orders ourselves and then and there was a small place in our two bedroom apartment where we would sleep you know so that's how it was Crazy. so so yeah it was just just that so i think we didn't quit our job for the first year uh because we were like you know that's the money we make we invest into fully bootstrapped exactly fully bootstrapped at that time so yeah so we started we we launched it in may of 2016 we were really nervous it was just first six items that we launched with because that's all the money that we got to create those six items what were the items so it was it was a tank um, you know that shahid actually wore as well uh, our producer shahid yeah, a tank top yeah. yeah a tank top which had just a bit of a detail in it so usually you would wear a tank top uh, which would just be a t- normal tank top right but what what we did was we went an extra mile we added a rubber strip at the back you know so when what we understood that the weightlifters they basically when they squat uh, when they deadlift they have to bow down so when they when they basically go down their tank from the back just comes up and this exposes the skin and we we noticed that they would continuously keep adjusting you know uh, their back and the front and the shoulder straps so what we created was a just a small detail of a rubber strap at the back so when they bow down ways. it will stretch oh stretch so okay. it will not you know actually uh, come up from the back and you don't have to adjust your you know obviously uh, your straps all the time did you have an apparel designer so you you had the creative people who do the mockups you had the manufacturer did you have someone who knew how to do products like this no not in the start it was just me and my wife so what we had was just these ideas just these you know problems that when we go to the gym what we actually struggle with and then just with those problems and with some ideas on the on the on the tissue paper we sent it to our designers who then really understood and we were lucky to have these first set of really interesting freelance designers who helped us you know create this product so when we launched it we were like how do we go about it how do we create the differentiation so we created differentiation we went out with a simple tagline that we are a brand that's born and designed in dubai and engineered for gym we're not for cyclists we're not for soccer players we're not for runners we're not for swimmers we're for the people who go to the gym and appreciate the attention to detail that goes into the gym wear mm. and we are born and designed in dubai and that's what you know where the community really came behind because we were the first brand that actually came up with this idea that we were born and designed in dubai we were really surprised the fir- we sold out out of the six products we created four of it during the pre-order phase 
What, what the, else were the products? So a tank? A tank top, a t-shirt, shorts, a jogger pants, so like, uh, you know, trouser. Um, and then I think a couple of more t-shirts as well. And did you have a website? You obviously yes. had social media. Yes. Did you get a payment gateway? Did you get a licensing? You did the fulfillment yourself? Yeah, no, absolutely. So we did all of that. So what we did was we created the website ourselves. I created the website. So, so what I was doing is I was managing the, the marketing and the digital side of the brand and my wife was managing the entire operational side of the brand. So just getting approvals from the bank, the payment processing, uh, you know, the shipping companies and everything. And what did you, where, where did you, did you have a license in that yeah. June 2016? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we went out uh, to Fujara Creative City. We got the license because that was the cheapest license that, <laughs> license that was available at yeah. that time. We were like, okay, we're going to go for that. Uh, that didn't require us to obviously leave our jobs as well because our jobs were essentially financing the business as well. Uh, so yeah, we got the license from Fujara. Uh, then once we got the license, something that's interesting that we found out that's really difficult to open a bank account with that license. You know, yes, you have a you have an e-commerce license, but at that time, banks really didn't believe in the e-commerce business. They would know the Amazon and the Souk at that time of the world, and they're like, okay, what are you doing? We're going to be selling gymwear online. It's like, who buys, who buys gymwear online? Okay. Uh, like, we're not going to support you. But finally, we found out a few banks uh, who we had to deposit 150,000 dirhams just to open a bank account. Mm. I deposited the money, we opened a bank account. Once we opened the bank account, we went to the payment processor. Now we have a bank account, give us a payment processing license so we can accept credit cards and everything online. Which payment processor? So it was Paytabs. Yeah. Uh, you know, Paytabs is, I think it's an Omani and, uh, and Middle Eastern company. So we went out to put Paytabs and we asked them to, you know, obviously uh, give, us a, give us a license. At, at the start, they said no as well. So we actually started with cash and delivery yeah. uh, in the first month. But then when we started doing a bit of a volume and really told them this is who we are this is what we are doing pay tabs came in and they gave us the so, so of those six uh, products you ordered about 500 or so yeah. you sold them out quickly yeah yeah. And were you surprised? Was it organic word of mouth or were you asking friends to buy stuff? No, so what we did was uh, I come from a digital marketing background, so I can sell anything online. You give me a needle to a plane, I can sell it online. That's what my background is. And then my wife was really good with social media, uh, as wives usually are. So she was really good with social media. So what we did was we just combined both of these and we started doing these Instagram ads uh, in the start. And at the same time, what we really did was I hung out with a lot of personal trainers, personally, a lot of personal trainers. So I would go to gyms and see who's the best personal trainer in the gym. I'll take these sessions with them and I'd get them this squat wolf gear. You know what? I've give created, it to them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've created this brand and I'd really like you to wear it, see if you like it and give me the feedback. So that became a really good organic way to grow the brand as well because all I needed to do, just go out in the gym, have a few sessions with the best personal trainer and give them the gear. And that personal trainer was training 10 other, 15 other, 20 other clients. And he's hanging out in the gym throughout the day. So he's seen in the squat wolf gear. And it was, you know, what the feedback that I got from the personal trainers that it's a great icebreaker because they'll see that wolf logo. And they're like, I haven't seen this logo in the gym. Tell, us about, the, tell us about the logo. So the jersey you're wearing now for people, yeah. the polo you're wearing now for people yeah. who are listening, you've turned over your shoulder. Yeah. Exactly, it's here. It's the other side, yeah. Oh, it's the other side. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you told me why that is? Yeah, exactly. So, what we did was just, just a bit of a logo story. So, you know, we wanted to create logos. So, we thought Scoreful, we gave it to a logo designer. This is the brand name. Create a logo for us. And, you know, designers, some of the designers, you know, who are lazy. And we were, we were unfortunate to work with the lazy ones. And 
they gave us a logo of a wolf face. Okay, there you go. This is a squat wolf. <laughs> no, anybody could have done it. I could have done it. Give me something interesting. And then they tried iterations after iterations. And then we were just so frustrated. It was like, what do we do? But there was one logo that had a wolf face and an eye and a nose. Right? And me and my wife were sitting, I think it was 1 a.m. at the night. We were so frustrated. What do we do? What do we do? Then we started playing with the logo ourselves. We took one of the iterations. We started drawing those iterations. And one of the iterations we drew that we had a logo that designer designed. We removed the complete outline of the face. Yeah. We removed the complete outline of the face. When we removed the complete outline of the face, there was just this eyes and the nose. It was like, that still looks like a wolf, but it looks so sharp that, you know, people would ask, okay, what's this? What's this? I get some idea, but what's this? And when you say it's Corpov, ah, I get it. So that's what the idea came in from. And our creative director, what he did was he put the logo uh, over here and was like, okay, everybody creates polo. All the brands in the world have polos. You can buy polo from any brand, from an activewear to a fast fashion brand. Like, what do we do different about with, with our, uh, you know, polo? So he came up with the idea, we're not going to put logo here. We're going to put logo here. It was like, why are we going to put logo here? Apparently, he's a He's a golf fanatic. So what he does was, you know, okay, when you swing, uh, you know, a lot of golfers will like to wear polo. When you swing, your shoulder basically comes over here, and that's where you can see the wolf logo. I was like, that's interesting. Mm. So that's the kind of attention to detail uh, we put on our gear. We just do not want to follow the norms and the rules that are being set by the big boys out there. We mm. want to challenge those rules, and we want to come up with something interesting. So that's where... Amazing. So take us forward a little bit. So uh, at what point did you sort of, uh, what happened next, basically? Yeah. So after the first launch, it was really successful. Local community really came behind it. And Dubai being Dubai, you know, there are people from 200 nationalities living over here, right? So pe people from different nationalities started buying. Organically, they started posting online. They started posting what are they wearing. And when you go to the gym, you like to post about it, that you went to the gym, you worked out, you're looking good after that pump. And, and what we noticed that we started getting orders from all over the world. I was like, I'm not marketing in the US. I'm not marketing in Australia. I'm not marketing in the UK and Europe. How am I getting orders from all of these countries? So what we realized that our customers in Dubai were posting and their friends and family from all around the world were looking at what they were wearing and they were actually going and discovering the brand and buying uh, online. So 2017, we started actively marketing in Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kuwait, Qatar, um, and we started growing really tremendously over there. Focus on the region. And when you say growth, like wh what are the milestones in terms of orders? Of yeah, no, absolutely. So seven years. Uh, you know, fast forward seven years, we have customers wearing Squat Wolf in 100 plus countries uh, around the world. Uh, we are a nine figure brand uh, in dirhams uh, and we're growing exponentially. Nine figure total revenue annually. Yes. And, you know, and we are growing 40 to 50 percent year on year. The pace is just absolutely mental and it's just sometimes difficult to keep up with. Like, how do you keep adding people? How do you keep adding the talent? How do you keep finding the talent? How do you keep innovating the product as well? <clears throat> but I've, we've been fortunate to have a great community of you know people inside the brand and outside the brand who are really giving us constant feedback and, and, and helping us grow. And manufacturing now? So manufacturing now, it's in different parts of the world. So we obviously have manufacturing in China because it's the best in terms of activewear manufacturing. We are also manufacturing in Europe as well. Uh, and we are also manufacturing in Bangladesh, so South Asia as well. So it's spread all over okay. the world. Yeah. How many people do you have? 
So we are now a team of, last I counted, uh, we're a team of 85 plus people now uh, in four countries. Uh, so we have a head office over here in Dubai. So I come from Pakistan. So we thought like, you know, again, trying to give back to the country something as well. So what we did was we have an office over here as well. Uh, over there in Pakistan as well. We are around 30 people are sitting over there as well. Then we have... Where, where in Pakistan? Karachi. And what, what do they do? So we have... Uh, it's not like a... You know, a lot of people, what they do is when they create offices, they create a back office. So it's not a back office for us. It's also a regional office for us. So what they do is we have a marketing team. People who don't need to be here to actively do their job are there. So we have a marketing team is there. It's a digital marketing team is based out of there. The finance team is based out of there. There is a part of the planning team that's based out of there as well. Customer service uh, is based out of Pakistan mm. as well. And there are several other teams that are based out of Pakistan. Then people who need to be in front of the customers all the time. So product designers are based in Dubai as well. Then we have logistics team, operations team, planning team, strategy team, and a brand marketing team is based over here in Dubai. And then we have a team in the UK uh, as well uh, because it's really difficult to find product talent in the Middle East because nobody creates the product. As, as I said earlier, everybody imports over here. So how do you find product designers? product visionaries. So we hire them in the in Europe, in UK, in, uh, in US, and then bring them over here to Dubai. So there are a few that are based in the UK as well. So our chief creative officer, he's based out of uh, UK, is moving to Dubai really soon as well. We have chief innovation officer, he's based out of the UK as well. Sourcing team is based out of the UK. Then we have a team in Hong Kong as well. They are the people who keep in touch with our factories, just making sure everything is going smooth and the products are coming in on time. So, Operations and everything. It's yeah. incredible. And uh, what... Uh, so in, in May or June, you announced a $2 million raise? To uh, actually, $30 million. $30 million. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Close enough. So $30 million, And was that the first fundraising that you did? Yeah, we, we had our friends. So I had my friends. So it's a disrupt group. They came in in 2017 as seed yeah. uh, investors into the business. And, you know, that's who we house our team as well in Pakistan. So they are called Disrupt. They're a huge uh, multi-million dollar group uh, based out of Pakistan, having a lot of products, you know, all around the world. So they supported it in 2017 with the seed round. And since then, this is our first round. Actually, we did. And, and were you sort of profitable by the time they came in at the yeah, seed yeah, round? Yeah. Early. And then, so they came in now. And what's the sort of plan, the trajectory? Is, is that a Series A round that they yes, did? Yes, so that was a Series A round. So the plan is obviously, as I said, you know, we're growing at a tremendous pace and sometimes it's just hard to keep up with everything. And, you know, we want to do justice to the brand as well. So we found really good partners in Ask Capital, who's a you know, private equity firm based out of DIFC. You talk about private equity and you sometimes just get scared, like, you know, okay, they're going to come in and they're going to ask for everything. But, you know, we found people who were really passionate about product rather than the numbers. You know, how do we create products? And the founders, they are like also the founders of the private equity firm are also gym freaks and they like to go to the gym. So that's where they discovered our products as well. And they were like, okay, we really like you guys, what you're doing and the focus on the product as well. So they came in uh, and the idea with the new fundraise is to basically make sure that, you know, we strengthen our community because this brand is all about the community. We strengthen our community. How do we grow the community of personal trainers? How do we grow the community internally and externally? The second biggest focus is product. How do we even take the product to the next level? 
how do we create the best and the most premium gym wear that people have ever seen? And the third one is how do we go omni-channel? How do we take this brand into the physical world? So opening up Scorpio stores is also on the horizon in the next six to 12 months. Incredible. And in Dubai now, uh, at the moment, do you have a warehouse or is it an office? No, so we, we have an office as well and we have a warehouse. So we have basically outsourced everything. Uh, so what how we like to think ourselves, we are a product and a marketing machine. Mm. That's who we are. We are mm. not in the business of managing our own warehouse. We're not in the business of doing the last mile delivery ourselves. So we have partners. partners yeah. Who basically um, house all our product and manage all our logistics, where the product, where our team focuses on the product and how do we take that product out in the market? Mm. So yeah. And how have you personally found, you know, being a marketing specialist and your husband and wife team, to now being a CEO of uh, a company that's generating that amount of revenue and managing eighty people? How, how have you gone through that journey yourself? Yeah, a lot of people actually ask me, it must be absolutely fun to create this. And I tell them, no, it's not fun, but it's fulfilling. Okay. It's not fun, but it's fulfilling. You know, fun is really going out on the beach and, and just looking at the waves, right? Fun is just, just you know, tiling in the sun, right? That's, that's fun. But I think what it has filled us with a lot of sense of fulfillment and pride that we have created something. There were two kids who came in from a small town in Pakistan, came to Dubai, created a brand that people from 100 countries fell in love with. Mm. And then when you think about it, and when you reflect on it, it just fills us with a lot of sense of pride and fulfillment that we have created something that hopefully is going to live for a very long, long time. So, yeah, the journey has been, has been exciting. It's, of course, you know, working with your wife is not the easiest, and I'm sure she's going to say the same as well, because it's, <laughs> what happens is, like, you know, it's, it becomes really difficult to, to separate work and personal life because you're doing the business together, then you go home and all you do is talk about business again, mm. then you go on dates and you all you do is talk about <laughs> business again. So it's just because we don't have any, any social circle outside of the business. It's yeah. all we end up talking about. So now we have consciously started taking a bit of a break. You know, let's not talk about work. Let's just talk about something else in life. So we love traveling, we, love, we travel a lot. Yeah. and hang out with each other a lot. Amazing. And so how would you describe the sort of category that you're in? Do you think that your competitors are, you know, the incumbents, the ones that you saw in the stores, or do you think the competitors are, let, let's name a couple. So the ones in the stores are the Under Armors, the Nikes of the world, and the more, uh, the more digital-born brands, like digital-native vertical brands or uh, Instagram-type brands right like you know there's a famous one in the UK obviously Gymshark that I'm sure you've been compared yep. with uh, wh where do you see the uh, competitor landscape at the moment is in Dubai and in the region and globally yeah no it's it's really interesting what has happened uh, since since COVID I literally see another new brand that pops up every week literally and you know there is a brand that now calls itself we are born in Abu Dhabi there is a brand that's called itself we are born in Kuwait and so on and so forth there are a lot of brands that are coming in and I think how I see competition competition is good and why it's good because now it was us in 2016 till 2020 that was trying to create this market and challenge the status quo of these big brands out there now there are many others there are more friends that are trying to challenge them and bring the people from these big brands to you know the local brands that are specialized in their sport so i see competition is good and healthy um, and then at the same time yeah we get compared to a lot of brands internationally as well uh, we we are like okay you're just another instagram success story but that's not how we run the business uh, you know what we run the business I I think our success is not because of how we market the brand. Our success is because of how we create the product 
and how we basically make sure we listen to the community to keep improving that product. And I think that's what a lot of people actually miss and that's what a lot of brand owners miss because they think it's just easy, let's create a product. And now the barrier to entry is so low that those factories where we had the challenge in 2016, those factories are not coming into this region, putting up on the expo and telling people, we're gonna make 100 pieces for you. We're gonna make 50 pieces for you. Just give us your logo and we're gonna create the brand. But I think the trick that those people are missing, like have you really listened to the community what they need? Or is it just creating another t-shirt, uh, right? So yeah, so the competition is good. I think what what's also something that's interesting that's happening, there's this big, bo big box retailers, uh, obviously like the likes of Go Sports, Sun and Sand Sports, AC over here. They've really started identifying that people want something new now. People are bored of wearing the same brands all the time. Like when you want to buy a shirt, uh, how many brands out there are mm. out there? Many, right? You just, you cannot even count them. Like there are so many brands out there. When you think about sportswear, why do you just think about three or four brands, right? There are, There is a huge gap in the market. And that's what, you know, obviously these big box retailers and we basically are now in wholesale distribution and again growing tremendously in the wholesale and distribution business. We just stocked our products and go sports. They sold out in a month's time. And they were like, how did you do that? You know, you're just a young brand who's just an Instagram brand. That's what they told us as well. How did you do that? How did, how did you become so successful in, in our retail environment? We're like, because we're creating product, listening to the community, and that's mm. what they want. So I think the next journey for us is to open our own retail store so we can give our community a complete Scottwolf experience rather than just existing in another big box retailer. So yeah, that's 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 what I think about uh, you know competition. It's good. It helps us, you know, always stay ahead. It helps us, it gives us something to benchmark us against. And we keep benchmarking ourselves and we, we try our best that we are always mm. coming up on the top. Always the best. I, you know you, you say are you you know you ship to hundred countries and there's sort of there's almost a contradiction in being a global company and being a brand that people want locally. For example, if you ship to somewhere in Europe, say Berlin, yep. right? You're obviously not a Berlin-born brand, but yep. you grew out of here. And I guess what I'm getting at is uh, there seems to be companies like yours across different sectors seem to do better in the in the region and the country that they are yep. at the <clears> moment. <throat> yep. Like, I, I tell an anecdote, I was looking for, uh, I was trying to purchase some travel uh, luggage. And there was an American brand that has started sort of similar time than you did. And there, you know, when you purchase a brand like that, that are just really good at UX, UI website, really good at customer service online, a really good experience and really good delivery of packaging, you, you almost don't need an in-store experience because yeah. they're so good at, at, at that. Yeah. Um, I could tell another example, but, and then I looked for brands, companies like that in the region, and there just aren't any. No. They're all American, and the shipping's slower, yeah. the customer service is slower, and things like that. So, you know, it's amazing to see a brand like Squat Wolf that's grown here, yeah. but isn't that your advantage that, you know, there's 350 million people, in, or whatever the TAM is in, in, yep. in, oh, in, in um, Arab this countries, region, but, you know, but even wider, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> is, is that your advantage, that you're creating a brand that works for here, yep. yet you also want to be global. No, absolutely. I think 
So when I say that we have customers wearing brand in 100 plus countries around the world, these are the customers who really like our product, discover us online, you have to yeah, yeah. discover the, the American brand, uh, you know, from here and, and you wanted to order from there. This region is the home for us. This region is the focus for us. 75% of the business still comes in from this region. This region, I believe, is the future. Uh, as well. It's the future Europe, you know, where you will be able to travel freely across borders. You'll be able to go to, you know, Qatar or Saudi Arabia without really getting to the, the, the visa, which is already happening. So I think this region is the future and this is where the focus is. And what we're trying are 90% of the focus of the entire team of Scott Wolf. Uh, it goes into how do we just make the experience of the customers in this region just better and offer them the better experience than anyone else can what, offer them. What and will you stick to gym gear? Yes, gym is where you know obviously the roots of the brand is. I can't get a running top. I can't. What about running well, you shoes? You can, you know, <laughs> and that's what that's what we've been talking. And I think it's 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 a huge point of discussion at the leadership level at Scott Wolf as well. You know, that gym athlete just doesn't go into the gym and lift weights. You know. He probably does that three to four times a, a week. Then he goes out for a run. Then he tries something new. He goes out to a new boutique studio that just opened up and wants to try a new workout as well. So how we how we consider ourselves, we are a gym wear brand. That's, our roots are in the gym. But we also make gear for that athlete that goes to the gym and does a lot of things around the active gym as lifestyle. well. Just the active lifestyle. So you'll still see 75% of our product are focused around gym, but we offer that 25% product that basically captures the active life of that gym athlete. So mm. yes, you will find a running top. Uh, we'll be selling a running top. We are selling a running tank as well because that athlete that goes to the gym likes to go out for a run as well. Yeah, and especially in this weather as well, in, in this part of the world. But I, I kind of jumped into product, but I was curious again on the region. Like for example, uh, I was doing the Abu Dhabi Marathon last year and someone ran up beside me. He, uh, it was a gym. And I knew him from the gym here in Dubai. Yeah. It was a, a PT and I hadn't seen him in two years and he said he's launching gyms in Pakistan. Oh, okay. And what was fascinating was the the lack of gyms in Pakistan yeah. and the opportunity there. So, you know, going back to that opportunity in that region, you're very well placed for yeah. like, it's like being, you know, Nike when people started running in yeah. the US in the 70s. Yeah. It's almost the same now yeah, in Pakistan. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, Pakistan, again, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, these are huge markets with a lot of potential as well. And I think just me being from Pakistan as well and from this region helped me understand uh, that customer a bit better as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a huge opportunity that's already in our, uh, you know, obviously pipeline as well that how do we and what's the next market right that we need to get into and we need to market but I think as a as as a co-founder and as the CEO of this business I also have to think about like is it too early you know am I going to spread myself too thin uh, too early in a life cycle because we're still a really young brand seven years into the business right and there is still a lot that we can do in this region in UAE Saudi with what's happening in Saudi is just absolutely fascinating you know probably there are more gyms opening up in Saudi uh, than anywhere else in the world right now so Saudi is a huge focus for us uh, you know this year and the next year as well how do we make sure that we become that brand that's leading the pack 
when the gyms are opening up, when the culture is changing, when people are getting into fitness, we're the first one. We are on top of their mind. So there's a lot of focus on building the community in Saudi right now. Same as Kuwait. Kuwait is you know known as the Mecca of bodybuilding uh, in the world as well. All the best bodybuilders basically come in and train uh, for their retreats uh, in Kuwait. So Kuwait is a huge focus as well. And just Qatar is actually flourishing as well after the FIFA World Cup. So that's also a big focus. So I think once we have really captured these markets and become top of the mind brand for the gym athletes, the next focus for us is how do we go wider uh, in this region, which includes Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka, and so on and so forth. Incredible. And so from a customer journey point of view, how customized is it? Is there a Squat Wolf app? Does it remember my orders? What's the sort of uh, experience like that? Yeah, so... <clears throat> You'd be surprised to know a lot of our customer service people actually know customers by name. Yes, we have hundreds of thousands of customers, but we know our loyal customers. I know my customers who have been buying from us into the, since 2016. I often try to sit with them and just understand how do you see the evolution of the brand as well. That's what our team does as well. So we do a lot of you know, focus groups with our customers as well just to understand them. Um, yeah, we have a website where you can see the entire order history. It basically you know, obviously tailors the product. Our marketing, we get a lot of data as well. So we're a very innovative company in that sense. We get a lot of data. So when we talk to our customers, when we try to market them the new products, we make sure that we're marketing them what they have actually have the more chances of buying right because we understand what they like they like dark colors they like light colors they like pop colors and then we have an app as well uh, that the customers can use we have a, a pack vip a loyalty program so if customers have bought to a certain amount we get them into a loyalty program as well where they get free shipping a lot of other perks as well at scorpion and then we've recently launched uh, something called trainers club uh, just to honor the trainers community, the personal trainers community in this region as well, where we work with them to not only just improve the product, but also get the product on them so that they can try and give us the feedback as well. So try our best to customize our product as much as possible to this region, to an athlete of this region, to the weather of this region, so that, you know, people will actually feel like, okay, this brand is from this region and really understands the athletes of this region. And in terms of margins, is it a is is the apparel world now from in a digital world? Are the margins good? Are they similar to the bricks and mortar era? Uh, you know, is running a a brand like this that outsources many things? Can you make good margin? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the margin you can make great margins, uh, and you can make really bad margins as well. It's how you position your brand as well. I think more than margins, what we think about, do customers see the value in the product that we're bringing? And are we educating the customer on the value that this product brings in? And if you are able to educate and convince the customer that this product has a higher value, they are actually willing to pay a bit more. Uh, you know, for a premium brand. And when they're paying a bit more, you know, obviously, uh, organically, you make better margins. And the margins are actually stronger uh, for us than a lot of big brands out here in the Middle East. And it's purely because we right now do not exist in retail. We started as a direct-to-consumer brand. So we controlled our own margins. We controlled our own brand. We controlled our own pricing. So everything is in our hands. So all we wanted to do is that, do we have enough to keep growing? So we always try and make sure that we have enough to keep growing, to keep basically supporting the, you know, the exponential growth trajectory that we are on. That's what I was getting at, because with this investment and, you know, the bricks and mortar space and investment, yep. it almost becomes, the, sure, the pricing can be premium, but the ingredients that go into it are different. The ingredients of digital marketing, shipping from China or for wherever, and the last mile outsourcing, that's very different to 
to retail uh, investment and costs and how how are you going to navigate that and and retain the sort of so I think when we started, uh, let me give you, when we started, actually, the margins were not that strong because the, the factories were, you know, making the gear for us at a really high price. We had to basically, you know, get a small space in a huge container for a much more premium, right? We had to fly in a lot of our products because we were just not experienced with how to move the product, uh, you know, through through sea. We would just didn't have customs logistics expert. So the margins were low. Uh, you know, and and that's where we we struggled actually in the early days as well. But then, as you keep growing the business and you keep you know working with partners who support your growth and you really understand, okay, you know what? Now this brand has economies of scale, so we are a healthy nine-figure brand now. So we have economies of scales in certain areas, and in certain areas we're still getting there, right? So. We have an amazing sourcing team that's based out of China, uh, led by Kate Paget, and she basically, you know, she's in Hong Kong, and she has really good relationships with factories, so we always make sure our factory partners are aware where we are going in the next five years, so they're supporting our growth. So our margin on the product level is now really good. It's now really good. But then, you know, obviously during COVID, we struggled. Everybody struggled with the moving the products from Asia to their hubs, you know. So we struggled there, but we covered it up because we knew that it was just just for a time being and now we are back because the freight costs have already gone down again and you know so we are able to get spaces on the ships and airplanes and so on and so forth so the margins are now back to where they were you know pre-covid on the on the logistics as well marketing has become a bit more expensive uh, you know since after covid because of multiple factors because of you know the privacy updates that have come in on the ios and then also at the same time competition that has come in as well so there are a lot more brands that are trying to go after the same customer there are a lot of brick and mortar brands who want to do dtc right now like nike just came in with a 2 billion dollar budget to go dtc uh, so we are competing with the likes of those so that's where we're struggling so but what we know that this is the new reality so let's optimize the margin in other areas as well so yeah i think the focus uh now is to how to keep growing the brand sustainably there are like i i feel like a dj like you know just a, just a deck over here there are certain things that you need to you know obviously increase there are certain things you need to decrease just to make sure that the business is operating at a sustainable uh level and is able to sustainably grow year on year and sustainable 50-60% growth isn't sustainable. No company <laughs> in the history of, you know, the world has continued that forever, yeah. right? Uh, obviously, but yeah. so what is what do you mean by sustainable? Yeah, I think, so you always need to, like you said, no company ever in the history of this world has been able to grow 40 to 50% year in year. For the first four and a half years, we were growing 120% year on year. <laughs> so now we are growing 50 to 60% year on year. And sometimes I think like, okay, can we still grow 100, 100% year on year? But as the base is increasing, it just becomes increasingly difficult. As we have occupied a lot of the market share already, it just becomes increasingly difficult. So what I mean by sustainable growth is, you know, do we have enough to keep bringing in the talent? keep attracting the talent, keep retaining the talent to create a culture that's in the organization that people really understand the vision of the brand and are really to, you know, really willing to support the founders in supporting that vision for the brand. And you'd be surprised if you if you just focus on that, the culture and getting people, you know, behind the vision of the brand, that people can deliver 30 to 40 percent growth year on year, year on year, back to back. So what we are now looking at, uh, I think, from the business planning and the forecasting that we have done, we can easily grow, grow another 40 to 50% year on year for the next five years, easily, because we're still not, not in retail. We're just an e-commerce brand. 
Okay. How Saudi is growing, it's just absolutely tremendous. Like Saudi has now become, we started as a UAE brand. Saudi is our number one market now. Uh, that's where we sell the most. And people think, yeah, e-commerce is still not there. You know, people are like... Have you set up a license there? And no, so we're just moving everything from UAE. We uh. move everything from UAE to Saudi Arabia and we don't have a license over there. You know, that's in the future as well when we start opening up retail stores over there. So think of it like this. We're already nine-figure brand without a single retail store. Mm. Without a single retail store. And there is a huge opportunity. People in this region like to go to the mall. Mm. They have, we have the best malls in the world, we have the best retail experiences in the world. So we, yeah, we have plans to open at least 20 stores in the next three years uh, in right. the region as well. But, but they do, but the but purchasing online is also increasing. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. We're already there. Yeah, <laughs> we're that's leading, your core. As, yeah, exactly. We're leading the pack there. We've yeah. been there since 2016 when nobody really believed in e-com. We understand how people shop over here online. And now I think our next phase the next uh, you know, step in the journey of Scott Wolf is retail and wholesale. And what would be the next plans for digital? Like, the, What do you see of AI? What do you see of, uh, is it about aggregators? Is it about marketplaces online? Is it building out uh, the, your own digital experience and purchasing? Yeah, so we, we, we have categor- categorically said that we are not a marketplace brand. We'll never go on to the, the, the likes of Amazons and Noons uh, of the world because that's not where we like to pair. That's not where we can control the experience. So the future for online for us is hyper-personalization, right? What we are focusing on that, you know, Rich came on to scorefulf.com, just curate the entire experience for him on the website. So he feels like he's come onto a store that's just customized for him. You know, that basically uh, addresses all his needs, what he shopped before and what he would like now. You know, just based on AI and what's happening in the world as well, it's just absolutely revolutionary. You know, AI would be able to understand us more than ourselves, uh, you know, just give us two two more years. So what we're working on is just the hyper-personalization, how we can offer customers when they come on the website rather than the generic online experience a customized experience for that person. Mm, amazing. And talk a little bit about the investment. So when I hear the term is private equity, I'm not familiar with it. It sounds like a brilliant partner that you've, you've found, but generally there, there is a next step for, with their planning in mind. That might be an exit or that might be profits or something like that. Do you have a view on that? Do you have a plan? Do you want to list the company in the region? Do you want to continue to grow? Would you like to run this? Be yeah. fulfilled rather than have fun for a long time. No, absolutely. This is a this is a big question. You know, this is almost like a question: What do we want to do with our life in the next, uh, you know, five to ten years? Of course, like any private equity or like any investor, they always, you know, it's 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 naive to think that they'll always be there with you. They have a five to seven year mindset. Always, they come in and they they, they basically want to, you know get out of the business in the best way possible. Uh, but we're lucky to find partners who believe in the vision of the brand and they think this brand can be <clears throat> the next Nike, the next ID of the world from this region. So I think there are multiple paths uh, that are open and we have discussed multiple things. And what we need to do is just be ready so that when that opportunity comes in, uh, we are ready to take that opportunity. So the focus right now is on governance and is to make an organization. When you look at it from the inside or from the outside, 
looks like it's been run by people who really understand their, that what they're doing. Sounds like you do. Thanks <laughs> so much for sharing your story today and we'll follow Squat Wolf in the future. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me as well. It was great to talk to you. You too. Thank you. I love that story. I think we'll be hearing a lot more about Squat Wolf in the future. The region's very own Jim Shark, right under our nose and growing rapidly. So well done to Wajdan, his wife and team as well. Uh, and thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll have similar stories like this as always. Uh, thank you to Shahir and Ali who produced the show and to the team on Smashy Business. Uh, and Love in Dubai, who put it together and distributed across articles, newsletters, podcasts, audio, streaming, uh, everywhere, social video as well. Uh, we'll be back next week at 11 o'clock uh, on Friday. It will be pre-recorded. I'll be in Ireland uh, doing an Ironman event, uh, but we will continue the cadence of the episodes as we go. It will be the new season of the UE local sports as well, so they'll be all streamed, uh, football, volleyball, handball, uh, futsal, volleyball, handball and basketball will be on Smashy TV Sports. You'll be able to check that out. Uh, so do get an early bird offer there uh, to watch that for the season ahead. And yeah, as always, this is a Smashy Business production as part of the Augustus Media Podcast Network. 